0: So hi, everyone. Um, welcome to our Twitter Spaces today. I'm your host, Vivi. I'm a Web3 advocate, and I'm also a partner of Autopress Network. Um, if you haven't heard about it, it's a Web3 infrastructure that's based on the NIR protocol. So, Speaking of which, this panel is also powered by Autopress Network and NIR. So very happy to see all of you here. Um, this is really towards the end of 2022. And I see, yeah, I see some familiar faces in the audience. and obviously um, our dear guests in this panel, a lot of them are my my very dear friends as well. So it really feels like a New Year's Eve party that came a little bit early. So thank you so much for being with us. So really looking back, so much has happened in twenty twenty two. There's really no doubt that it's a challenge year for all of us in crypto and Web3. As some of you, like myself, we witnessed many investors losing a lot of money, billions of dollars, and many projects went belly up. And some, such as Terra and FTX, really brought the industry into some of its darkest times. But the reason we're here And also on the bright side, despite all this, we still see the strong determination from the wider community to build and also to restore confidence and to help shape the industry into something we deserve. A space that is focused more on innovation and application, more disciplined rather than just focusing on getting rich quick and speculation. So we think that now is the best time to take a look at this passing year, as well as looking ahead. So joining us today are some of the best builders and thinkers in the space. Let's welcome all our guests. We have, okay, one by one. We have John Hook, co-founder and CMO of Play Amber. Now, John is a zero entrepreneur, as well as an active angel investors, uh, investor in the gaming sector. So I will let John to tell you more about himself and also, hi, John, thank you for joining us. Could you tell us more about yourself and things you're working on?
1: Hey, everyone. It's great to be here. Thanks for joining. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm John. I'm the co-founder of Play Ember. Um, we are we started off as a mobile game studio, so like Pure Web 2. Um, About 100 million downloads of our games, uh, about 5 million players, and uh, we were really just excited by blockchain technology and spent a lot of time researching how blockchain technology could basically make our game more fun, right? That was our starting point. And I guess about six, seven months ago now, um, we started evaluating all the different sort of protocols. um, And just for real clarity, our audience are, what on crypto Twitter we love to call normies. I don't really like that word, but um, our players know nothing about uh, like crypto, protocols, wallets, NFTs. So when we were evaluating protocols, we we were looking for a protocol that could offer super smooth onboarding and had a really simple wallet. So we built an MVP of our sort of Web3 vision for gaming for this mass casual audience on, on Nier. Um, it just went better than expected in terms of our ability to basically make blockchain invisible in our games. Um, and a few months ago, we announced our like first round of funding led by the incredible team at Shima Capital, along with Big Brain Holdings, Wobi Ventures, Warburg Serres, uh, there's a whole bunch of amazing investors in there as well. Um, and yeah really excited now to be be here and uh like part of the new community and uh yeah look forward to, to sharing our journey and uh just giving a shout out to some sort of fellow projects that we're collaborating with so yeah really great to be here
0: thank you john definitely i think gaming is one of the most anticipated uh, space to to see mass adoption and really the hope of Web3 out there. And I definitely would like to tap into more um, of, of the space with you a little bit later. Uh, welcome. And we also have Albin, CEO of XT Exchange. Hi Albin. Albin is also a serial entrepreneur. We have a lot of serial entrepreneurs in, in our panel today. And um, like like John, Albin also like, funded, uh, founded four tech startups uh, prior to XT. So, Albin, would you like to tell us more about yourself and also XT and things you're working on?
2: Yes, yeah, thank you Vivi, thank you Vivi. Merry <laughs> Christmas everyone. <laughs> Thanks uh, Octopus also to be part of it and uh, everyone. So, yeah, basically today I'm, uh, I've been an entrepreneur before, but today I'm um, working on something new at, uh, at XT. So we are in the actually in the crypto space for quite some years. Uh, XT originally is a crypto exchange, so we are actually very happy. We celebrate our fourth year anniversary this year, and um, we succeed to build actually more than an exchange because we have also different other activities such as uh, NFT marketplace, uh, such as a launchpad, such as VC funds, such as an incubator. We also develop our own chain. So we we built, how to say, a full ecosystem in a very short period of time. And uh, we're very proud to have uh, millions of users using our exchange uh, and also be globally um, present in um, more than 10 countries uh, around the world. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And uh, very glad to to be here today to share some optimism, actually. That's the idea (laughs) for
0: 2023. Definitely. And... You know, like I just had a look at um, XT's Telegram channel. You guys have almost a hundred, no, uh, ten thousand, no, hundred thousand people there. So that is that's crazy, and um, yeah, that's 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 a lot of that's a lot of audience out there. And I know that you guys are very active in uh, in a lot of areas that that you mentioned. But obviously, centralized exchanges have. <laughs> Have been in spotlight uh, these days due to FTX and and all this you know the spotlight's been on um fin- uh, Binance and and all that so definitely very interested um, in in hearing what you think about it a little bit later too uh, thank you for, for joining us Evan and we also have Pendu um, really our good friend out there Pendu mm-hmm. also wears many hats <laughs> Pendu is um, the founder of bio Network and also co-founder of um, Marriott, a decentralized social um, network. And uh, by the way, DeBio and, and Marriott are both app chains on Autoverse Network. So really focusing on real adoption, real use cases here. Um, so, well, I, will, I would like Pandu to tell you more about herself and you probably, uh, you might have seen her on CNBC or or other high-profile events sharing her insights. So, Pendu, take it off.
3: <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, hi. I just wanted to introduce uh, myself to you guys, and I think this is an awesome panel. John and Elvin. I, uh, I really, I really love hearing about your experiences. Um, my, my own personal experience before the Octopus Network and before uh, Near Protocol, before coming into this space, basically, um, uh, back in 2017, I started um, um, a consulting company, the one of the first consulting companies focusing on blockchain in the region. It was called blockchain Zoo, um, and uh, we actually, based on that consulting company and based on the work I did, uh, I started the Indonesian BlockChain Association, so I'm Indonesian um, by nationality, um, and uh, the association actually, uh, back then, and of course this is 2017, 2018, uh, the, the previous cycle, right? So, uh, we had quite an uphill battle during the bear market, uh, obviously, that uh, uh, we actually, I have a feather in my cap, uh, which I'm quite proud of, um, which is uh, I helped make crypto legal in the whole country, in Indonesia. So, Indonesia used to not allow crypto, so it was sort of like a, it was like in a really bad gray area, and we sort of like uh, helped that, um, helped push crypto into legality in Indonesia, into like legal recognition. And uh, uh, Indonesia now has around 13 exchanges. So if you guys are running exchanges, you guys are, uh, well, centralized exchanges. So if you guys are running exchanges that want to expand to like the Indonesian region, um, just a sponsor's message, um, my association, the Indonesian Vaccine Association, if you want to go to, um, uh, most of the exchanges in Indonesia are actually part of that association. So anyway, but that's before Octopus. Uh, obviously, after meeting the guys at Octopus and um, like uh, building our stuff, we... We have been building a lot of things. Uh, we've uh, we used to do a lot of B2B work. Uh, we used to do a lot of B2G work, even. Uh, so we were very familiar with like uh, all the centralized entities, and the way of doing things, including like uh, consulting for the Indonesian CBDC and the US CBDC, actually. Uh, but I am a DeGen by heart, as in like I'm focused on decentralization. I want to do projects that are focused on the philosophy of decentralization instead of bringing. In a, all back to the centralized entities um, but I did come from sort of like the centralized background and uh, the three projects that I'm building right now two are on the office network as mentioned dbio and myriad uh, Debio is building um, bioinformatics data platform uh, that is decentralized that is self-sovereign um, so uh, the idea is to replace entirely 23andme and ask in a way that is as decentralized as possible uh, which means that even from a sampling, like a physical sample uh, perspective of like of uh, 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 of these uh, bioinformatic data, uh, the uh, uh, physical to digital onboarding of data, uh, we have built a system of our own. We're currently building a data marketplace uh, so that um, you know you can actually sell your own uh, uh, pieces of DNA, um, like uh, your your own genomic data. Uh, instead of uh, actually letting 23andMe or Answerswee.org do it. Um, Another thing that we're building, which I think is super important, is Myriad. And Myriad is a social media that is focused on free speech. And uh, we're constructing this in a different way from other crypto social media. A lot of other crypto social media just use crypto uh, entirely, as in, like, all the content are put on the chain. We don't believe that is the proper way to do it because uh, people have the right to be forgotten. So we actually mix things up. Uh, We are both federated and also crypto. So Web3 plus federated, I don't really like the uh, term uh, that much, but like crypto and federated might be a better way to say it. Uh, It's a combination of both. Uh, So there is the value layer, which is crypto, there is the identity layer, which is crypto, but there is an ability to host your own content and uh, be part of a federation. So you can basically host your own part of the social network on your own servers, even on our, on your own laptop. Uh, once we get things up and running uh, by January, you would be able to host not on a server but on a laptop. And uh, yeah, I mean that's that's near mir- uh, the last thing that that I've built. Um, and uh, I founded this um, on near. Uh, so near protocol team has helped us actually. We, we got investment from MetaWeb, the the near investment arm. It's called reality chain uh and it is a metaverse and service project so we build metaverses with people like uh, a lot of projects have over promised during the bull market that they want to build a metaverse like uh, things like i'm not going to mention names but like a lot of nft projects say like oh we're going to build so and so metaverse um if you buy our nfts uh, and many of them are not delivering on those promises so uh instead we're creating this metaverse as a service project so that these projects can do a uh, token swap uh, staking stake on us. Once you stake, we generate a metaverse for you. And uh, that metaverse is already up. We built our own metaverse engine from Unity. And uh, it is uh, actually a a 2D metaverse. So you can actually access it on your phone. It's very light. Uh, You can use really bad phones, really cheap phones to access it because we think that accessibility is the name of the game in the metaverse because the metaverse is other people the metaverse is other people, I want to say. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, those are the three things uh, that I mentioned, I'm happy to be here. as usual.
0: Thank you, thank you, Pandu. Yeah, so I think we're gonna unpack all this information. Pandu is really very energetic and <laughs> very active in, in, in the crypto area and being a, a real DGN. Um So now we have also uh, Wuri. Wuri is the manager of Autopause Accelerator, Wuri uh, has been also working very closely with entrepreneurs and, well, he used to work as general manager of MySpace China and also marketing lead for Uber China. That is prior to being manager of Autoverse Accelerator. Um, so now I'll, I'll let Wuri to tell us more about himself and also the things he's working on and things he's interested in. Hi, Wuri.
4: Hi, Vivi, thank you for the introduction. Yeah, I, um, I manage the Octopus Accelerator program. Uh, we're here to support early stage web uh, 3 projects uh, that hopefully will graduate and become uh, part of the Octopus AppChain ecosystem. Uh, the Accelerator has uh, recruited over 500 uh, projects uh, over the past year and uh, three months and uh, we've handed out uh, 25 Octopus Star grants, each worth $50,000 each. Um, yeah, but uh, I think we're gonna give that a, a break uh, for the 2023 year, uh, but we will definitely be back uh, to support more entrepreneurs. All right, back to you, Vivi.
0: Thank you, Worry. Yeah, I, I know th- it, that's been hard because we've been working very closely, uh, uh, Like myself also like with um, Uri and Uri's team um, to support Web3 projects, early projects. And so speaking of which right now, really we're going through a very, very uh, bearish moment uh, for crypto. And so that is why, like Wuri said, um, the accelerator program has temporarily paused and, but I think the most important thing is to survive. So now looking back, at 2022, so I would like to ask all that, all of our guests um, in our panel today, what struck you the most? Um, what do you think is the most significant incident that impacted the crypto space this year, and and why is that? So let's just like have have some kind of insight sharing here. Um, John, would you like to, to be the first to share?
1: sure so i mean i think your i think your introduction was was great um i mean even trying to switch off over christmas i think there's just been a (laughs) lot of you know it's just been huge discussion about you know a very large solana collection moving to both ethan polygon which is really you know which has really you know brought up a lot of strong feelings about yeah you know these sort of protocol tribalness and like you said um You know, even yesterday, there was sort of uh, sort of witch hunt on crypto Twitter because there were a lot of funds being moved on Ethereum, and everyone's just figuring that it it leads back to FTX. So, so look for for us. I, I mean, I near put on an amazing event in um, in Miami, and it was it was about looking for opportunity in crisis. And I, I think this is a really exciting time for entrepreneurs because when you build in a bear market, it absolutely focuses you on investing in the most essential things that are going to drive your business model Versus, you know, when you're in a bull market and it's never easy to raise capital. I think it's very dangerous to say that. It is easier to raise capital in a bull market when more people, um, you know, have haven't been hit with the, the sort of collapse that we've gone through. But for us, certainly in gaming at the moment, um, you know, we, we we're really excited, but we're not rushing because certainly in, in gaming, it's a bit of a shift in terms of. You know, phase one of gaming was more gamify. Really, I didn't really see many games in the first phase. First phase of Web three, I saw a lot of gamified staking, where the purpose of that that game uh, in inverted commerce was to basically drive yields and APYs. Um, so, browser based mechanics where you're just kind of locking assets to yeah, generate higher returns with an expectation of play to earn. Um, so, I'm really excited for this next wave because finally we're starting to see. You know really what we raise money on our thesis which is the real mass adoption in in gaming is going to come from mobile because that's where most people play play games and you're starting to see finally this first wave of of blockchain based mobile games dropping um but the key thing is it's not about um you know just kind of a rushing to you know list your token and make loads of money it's it's finally this idea that NFT should be free game should be free to play um, and focusing on this idea of uh, of ownership and that the project value is is really created by you know revenues which in the long term are going to come from these unique in-game digital assets and you know that's really what nFTs are when we think about gaming they are just you know game assets like we have in app purchases in the web 2 world well that's really what the NFT is an evolution of so when you start thinking like that in terms of the bear market you um, it really focuses you on, on the, the most important things, which are one, just making a really good game, right? First and foremost, forget tokens. How can I make a better game that uses blockchain technology, has F- NFTs in it versus what's already in market, right? Because in, in gaming, that's your competition, right? It's it, it's Supercell, it's King, it's Blizzard, it's Ubisoft. That's That's your competition. It's not, it's not near. It's not Polygon. It's not IMX. Right. That that's the infrastructure layer on that you then choose to build on. At a content layer, an application layer, your your competition are these mobile gaming giants. Um, and and as I said, the second thing is then really focusing. So for us right now, our our north star is is active wallets. So everything we do and design then on near protocol. How do we generate? Um, active wallets and that really comes down to just building cool stuff for players in a really fun game loop that then drives that desire and value for these NFT assets. So um, yeah, a bit of a whirlwind view on um, how we see this market and how we're thinking.
0: Thank you, John. So I would like to also just like follow up with because at um, Play Amber, you're basically helping uh, mobile games to monetize, right? And then you also think about you also said it yourself, like at like we we see Game Five One Point Zero is pretty much play to earn, and we already seen a lot of problems about uh, that, and also a lot of games are not really fun to play. So, um, so could you like elaborate a little bit on you know what do you see the future of blockchain gaming, and you know like for developers or, or builders out there? Where to start when thinking about making a blockchain game, and how to how 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 should they start, and um, how to monetize it in a better way?
1: Yeah, sure. So I think I think in terms of where to start, Um, it's it's where you start with any game, right? Like, like what which audience am I building for? because you know, there isn't this one-size-fits-all in, in gaming. So if you think about mobile gaming, you've got hyper-casual games, idle games. Even if you just think about casual games, it's not one category of games. You've got sports games, family games, skill-based games, narrative games. Each of those have got a very different audience. So that's always where you start. And then you need to start thinking about... Um, and the answer might be no, by the way, but can blockchain make this game better? And if the answer is no, you know what? That's totally fine. There are still billions of dollars being spent on mobile games. But if the answer is yes, and you have a clear vision for that, then at that stage, you want to start thinking about, um, you know, just like in terms of mobile gaming, it's a little bit easier because you build on Unity. But if you're going to be building a blockchain game, you need to start evaluating the different protocols, the tool sets, the communities that they have that really map well to uh, to your game. So if we if we're talking about Nier, there's just some really great examples and a really big gaming community that maybe a lot of people don't know about. So I'll just shout out a few places that you could start. So first of all, um, you know, he's actually quite quiet, but the game is called Crystals of, of Naromans. But I mean, Aki, the CEO, is just a fountain of knowledge on everything blockchain gaming and legal and compliance. So. Would definitely reach out to him. Um, sorry for the shout out if you have lots of people messaging you. I think Human Guild, um, like Sasha over there, has been a massive help in our journey and he's super connected within NEAR, but also really great sort of tooling and infrastructure. Um, and also ourselves, like that's really what we set out to build is, is, is help for mass casual games, the infrastructure to make it really easy for mobile game devs to get into gaming. Um, And then I think, obviously, you've got the the sort of near foundation, like, you know, Mark Wee, who's the sort of gaming lead uh, over there, is a great contact to to reach out to and is is doing a great job onboarding loads of great gaming projects and tooling and guilds and VCs. Would be, yeah, the folks at Human Guild, um, Sasha over there, uh, great network. I would check out uh, Ake at uh, Crystals of Nariman's, like, just super-connected in gaming but really solid understanding about like the fundamentals from a legal and compliance side. Uh, Mark me over at the Near Foundation he's the kind of gaming lead and is doing a great job onboarding loads of yeah projects guilds VCs investors um and of course like feel free to reach out to me and the the Ember team um you know we're we're obsessed with helping mobile game studios just Seamlessly on board on, onto blockchain, um, so I'm really excited for next year for Near and Gaming because I think you know a lot of people don't realize what's already been built on Near and some of the projects that are are building there. So, yeah, excited to be working with the you know the, the the foundation and Yadira and the marketing team next year to really bring the spotlight onto uh, Near and Gaming.
0: Thank you, John. Yes, Sasha and all these people are really also um, very have been very helpful um to the game five projects that as, that I've known as well so like for those who don't know um, like obviously near is the place we're not we're not saying near is the best or anything uh, because we're obviously biased but <laughs> but i think that um near is really one of the the most user friendly Protocol out there, and if we're gonna look for mass adoption, and uh, new ecosystem has really been very, very friendly, very supportive. And so, if you're building a a, a, a blockchain gaming project, and um, like all the resources that John just mentioned, and you you are, you, you feel free to tap into that, um, a great place to start. Um, thank you, John. And so let let's like let me ask a question again. Um, since we already like going through all these ups and downs, and um, so Alvin I would like to just continue with you on you know what struck you the most in twenty twenty two, and obviously we've seen the what happened to FTX, and and like we said earlier, centralized exchanges have been in spotlight. So um, for you, you know how how do you think centralized exchange like XT would do to kind of survive this crisis? And, um, yeah, how has this year been for you?
2: Yes, so actually, if you look back at this year, it's been a very turbulent year with a lot of crash, Uh, a little bit like this Twitter space at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, (laughs) it's still still going on. So that's the more important and... uh, to go back actually in the time, I think uh, first uh, the most uh, significant uh, incident was uh, uh, the fall of Luna because somehow it was like the start, you know, it was the first domino uh, to fall down. And uh, uh, with also the fall down of what uh, we could say um, the crypto god, you know, when uh, these uh, influential figures, like at that time, Do one, uh, been proven to misguide investors, communities, etc. And then after him was sujo with Tracy, then was Mashinsky with celsius then more recently was uh, SBF with FTX so basically we saw that it broke it broke uh, the, the trust uh, that we put uh, in those uh, influential people and uh, what is a little bit sad is that at the end uh, the technology is always good but uh, it's it's the people uh, usually that uh, the one using it that made the difficulties around it so. Uh, after that, uh, when it comes to the more recent event, and as you mentioned, for the for the FTX crisis, um, actually had uh, different effects. Uh, it having effects on the on the users and the trust they put eventually in the exchange. It had effects on, of course, the 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 regulators because they they are tightening and they will tighten more in terms of regulation. But eventually, also uh, it will helps to to push things uh, faster when it comes to regulation compliance issues so for us actually uh, we think that uh, as an exchange uh, the two priorities is always the same Uh, like what you used to have for traditional financial services uh, number one uh, safety number two uh, the service uh, basically that uh, we provide so when it comes to that, um, and, and the safety, as we have the, the safe guardian of the asset, it's always the first priority. And then when it comes to the um, to the service, is also about how actually as an exchange, we can push things forward and uh, recreate the good experience for the people. So if you come to our exchange, uh, we'll have the, 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 the right support for you, the right customer service helping you. 24 sevens all around the world, different languages. So basically uh, at this point uh, for exchange is really about how we can um, not only um, keep building the trust or maintaining the trust that we have with our communities, but also how we can push the extra mile in terms of service because uh, that's where we will uh, actually make uh, the difference.
0: That's very interesting. So, like safety and service, and like like you said, the in the whole industry actually, not only the ex- exchanges, but exchanges probably they are really in in the kind of center of the whole monetization and everything. Um, the whole industry is embracing compliance and regulation, and some even say that you know, um, twenty twenty three will be the year of regulation because you see how. Um, um, America is going after Binance and and just all the things happening um so just out of curiosity how do you um position yourself in this kind of perfect storm um embracing the regulation and where's ST based basically I know that you're super global but um um you more kind of Europe uh, based or uh, Asia and could you tell us a little bit more
2: yeah, yes, of course. So uh, for us, actually, we are not only embracing it, but we are following what's happening. So, as you say, the trust has been challenged. So, regulation, faster speed. Uh, when you look on the on the global level, uh, you see that uh, in the U.S. actually have been pushing out on that, and uh, uh, we just mentioned Europe. Actually, Europe is very interesting. Um, Uh, scenario because they might be eventually the first region in the world to really come with a proper framework uh, that is called uh, the mica law and uh, basically um, this mica regulations could um, be the first uh, the first frameworks that will require that if you want to operate as an exchange or if you want for example be Uh, a custodial wallet provider, you need to be licensed. So the license uh, actually for crypto exchange will be the the, the first step. And and we are very uh, um, conscient about that. And also, of course, we are already working on that, being regulated and in the process of acquiring all the licenses uh, where we want uh, to to operate. So, no uh, matter it is uh, in Europe, no matter it is in Middle East, no matter it is in other places, we are following basically the regulators because at the end it's a pretty good thing. It it will reassure uh, also the, the user first and the user always the, the the priority for us to operate.
0: Thank you, thank you, Albin. Um, okay, so l- let's let's turn to. Uh, Pandu, um, I know that Pandu, you were working on like three projects that you mentioned, and you've been super active in uh, working with the government as well. Uh, but I would actually like to, yeah, first of all, back to the question. You know, what what struck you the most uh, in 2022, uh, looking back, and also what do you what do you see? I know that um, things that you're working on are all about real use cases, right? adoption, being the the bio data. And or the um, decentralized social network or reality chain, um, so yeah. So what struck you the most, and then also, um, what do you see the kind of how far decentralized technologies have come, mm-hmm. and um, what benefits will they provide? For example, in in some of the areas that um, you you've been working on, right? The healthcare, um- yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. So, um, so my my life is basically split into two phases. Well, my crypto life was split into two phases. Uh, the more uh, government-oriented, regulatory perspectives uh, part, like the the earlier part, and uh, basically now, uh, what is actually truly my my passion. I've been I've been um, very passionate about basically pushing decentralization and sovereignty. Uh, to like to like. To provide an alternative to big tech uh, obviously um, and, and thus <clears throat> the thing that actually struck me the most within this year uh, is not the crypto stuff it's not the FTX stuff it's weird because we're, we're talking about crypto today but like uh, it's not the FTX stuff it's not SBF it's not 3AC uh, it's, it's not even Terra Luna um, something that actually struck me a lot like was, was the Twitter files was what happened um what what is currently happening and what is currently being discussed in crypto twitter and also being discussed in twitter in general uh the fact that uh, big tech companies are being controlled by a government and uh, big tech companies are sort of helping governments violate well a government violate um freedom of speech um, which is actually a human right which is actually a right, uh, a legal right uh, in, in this country, at least in, in, in Miami, it, well, in, in the US. Um, so that actually struck me a lot. And this, 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 this strikes a chord uh, simply because a lot of, like all of my projects, all of my projects that I've been doing in the DGEN space are decentralized projects because we want to ensure there's sovereignty for you as the person, as the individual. So it's not just state sovereignty, it is also your sovereignty. Uh, which is which is why one of one of the reasons why uh, our structure for Myriad um, it is actually not not just Web three it's also Web three and federated the way uh, we we want to ensure that 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 our primary uh, sort of uh, model is to allow users to have their own capabilities in hosting things in hosting their own content in hosting in being uncenterable and being uh, basically being uncensorable, having the right to host and having the right to not host. Um, I I don't want to just go into myriad, though. This this actually should apply everywhere. Uh, the idea behind decentralization in this case, um, that that we like, you know, we have the ability at least the option to have our own assets be kept by us in a self custodian side of uh, 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 kind of way, uh, in a self custodianship kind of way. That that that's important the uh your your uh your data like including your uh, biological data including your medical data can be recorded by yourself uh with tools available that are uh, almost akin to professional tools you can analyze your your genetic material uh by accessing a, a a bunch of genetic analysts on dbio which we already have like five of five genetic analysts uh professional genetic analysts ready to sequence your DNA for you in a in a self-sovereign way so what struck me was the Twitter files. And, and here's, here's the thing, it, it should strike every single one of us as one of the, 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 the primary things uh, that happened this year. Uh, it should actually highlight the fact that the, the technology that we're, that we're working on um, are, 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 are built to re-decentralize everything so at the beginning of time, like at the beginning of the internet, the TCP IP and HTTP protocols were widely used and uh, those were at, at like HTTP, TCP IP, those were totally decentralized. Like, even now, these protocols are totally decentralized. Anyone can set up a website, anyone can access it, an internet connection, an IP address, those were the only barriers to entry, right? That, that sounds egalitarian, but what happened is that there were a small, like, not small, like a big uh, sort of like uh, uh, knots uh, of 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 companies uh, congregating around URLs. Obviously, like the Facebook URL is very very expensive. Facebook.com became very expensive. Uh, Google.com because there's a re-centralization back then. It doesn't matter that anyone can set up a website that competes with Facebook, YouTube, Reddit, or Twitter. No one will use it. Now that's 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 the thing. That's what we're trying to sort of like go against. Um, we want to basically re decentralize the internet. I think that's why I fit so well with Octopus Network because the uh, the the things I spoke about with with Lewis, is that's his vision too. We need to do that. We need to ensure that 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 uh, people at least have an alternative to the Facebooks of the world, to the Twitters of the world, to the to the um, I don't know. Um, um the the uh, gta gta 5s of the world uh to uh fallout 76. um we need to have a decentralized way of doing things and uh i think the way actually one one thing also highlights like one my hope for the future is that people realize that this is necessary that uh that this year instead of being sort of like the crypto Pearl Harbor where um, like crypto is attacked and then like everyone in the world just says that, oh, crypto turned out to be a scam. This guy, SBF, he's crypto. Instead of saying that, I want people out there to realize that what happened with SBF was centralization, was over centralization. The dude didn't even encrypt his own, like his, 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 uh, his uh, sorry, his depositors uh, private keys. It, it's insane. So people should realize, and this should be a revolution, in fact, in bringing back decentralization and making it the default and making self-custodianship an option and also making things that are also decentralized, whether it's social media, whether it's a gamify uh, structure, whether it's structured as a a uh, a bioinformatics blockchain, um, they're all decentralized. Um, Yeah, I think I ran it enough, that's me
0: yeah I, I totally agree with you. i think I think the point of I think a lot of us come together because we have a like a vision to to obviously make the world a little a little bit better by having doing web three and you know decentralization is a way to um to solve many problems but but obviously, I think this is a a big topic. and um like, like like bitcoin and everything right so we have a decentralized money we have um we have sovereignty we have um ownership of our our data and um our assets digital assets and everything so i, I think this is definitely one of the areas that um the whole industry is working um towards and yeah thank you thank you pendu um for sharing your insights and we can we can tap into um, a, a bit more on, um, I think on on other, other 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 issues other than decentralization. But um, but I think that's definitely a really good point out there. Worry, um, hi. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, <laughs> you're finally you're finally back. We've been trying to uh, invite you back to the audience. Then I, I think I think the it's connection a little choppy. has been.
4: Um, can you hear me well yeah. or? is the signal okay? yeah
0: i can hear you loud and clear uh, can you hear us can you hear me uh
4: you know it's okay. uh, it's like a robot but yeah like
0: okay cool so um
4: yeah
0: i know that um you know we we are still talking about this you know looking back at 2022 i know that you've been really working with um early stage web3 projects And um, you also witnessed the the turbulence of this whole year. So, um, what struck you the most um, in this passing year? And and looking back, you know, you met hundreds of web three entrepreneurs. And what do you see? um, What do you think is the kind of most exciting trend, despite all the the bearishness of the market?
4: Um, okay, uh, so I speak with a lot of uh, early-stage startups, um, and uh, they they are usually, like, every batch, we usually have, like, several themes that magically just emerge, um, all of a sudden everyone is doing DAO tooling or GameFi or, or something, you know, like... We have this um, application process where you fill out uh, what type of uh, project are you. So there's like um, DeFi, there's like uh, NFT, Metaverse, all these different uh, categories. And uh, what was interesting is um, every batch, which means every three months, um, we tend to have like projects clustering on a certain topic. So um, I guess this is like normal um, because, uh, you know, entrepreneurs are Mm -hmm. seeking opportunity and whatever opportunity is hot tends to attract more early stage projects. Um, But towards the end of the year, we got less applications for the accelerator. But interestingly, I think uh, the quality um, went up a little bit. So we ended up having like five pretty good, very decent projects that won the Winter Batch um, Octopus Star Prize. So um, yeah, I was a little surprised about that because we had probably around 60% of our usual application volume. So I was very worried that we might not be able to select like five good projects out of it, but I think we had more than five good projects. There are some projects that are really good, but didn't end up winning. So yeah, I think, you know, these kind of macro conditions uh, will reduce the number of players, sort of like doing startups and stuff. But you know, the real players with a solid team and a solid idea will prevail. And it's uh, probably in, in some sense better for them. Uh, there's less uh, unnecessary competition for talent. And, uh, you know, the user acquisition cost. Well, maybe that will go up. But the um, I guess the, the marketing cost, uh, you know, for certain media will be reduced. Talent will be cheaper. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, you know, a lot of great companies are built under uh, a market downturn. People will probably be more persistent because they have less options. You know, the job market is not that great. So, maybe people will be like, you know, uh, more in like a survivor mode. And and I think that will have a positive Effect on um, <clears throat> some early stage projects just persevering through this uh, downturn and end up on top. So um, yeah, but personally, um, another thing that kind of struck me was um, well, it didn't really struck me that much, but I saw some interviews with uh, Dao Kwan and uh, SBF um, just on YouTube and uh, I think it was Coindesk interviews, and they were asking some pretty simple questions, like, you know, how does the U.S. regulation affect um, crypto? Like, are you worried about the U.S. regulations? Um, this is to Dao Kuan. And, um, you know, I think that's a softball question. Of course, you're going to be worried about it, right? Because the U.S. is the biggest uh, market for um Finance and um and his answers was, oh you asking the wrong question you know it doesn't matter we're creating like alternative um, financial system the U S regulation doesn't affect us etc. So at the time I thought that was very weird, and then U S T collapsed, so uh I mean Luna collapsed, so I was like okay that makes sense, um with SPF also I think this year was not about surprises it was more about like oh this makes total sense now because I was confused um, when all of these uh, projects were being valued so highly where um, you know they, they didn't have much use case they didn't have a experienced leader their team seemed very shaky um, it's just very untraditional you know like from Silicon Valley you know you at least sometimes, you know, the, the idea might suck, but the team is good and they will pivot. But in a lot of crypto projects, um, the team is just totally random. And you talk to them and they'll be like, ah, you know, we, we have no experience, but we're like crypto native. Um, and then, you know, we have a big advantage over the Web2 people who worked at Google, Facebook, graduated from the top universities around the world because they are old. They don't know anything about crypto. So I thought that was weird because I mean, smart people are smart people, you know, they can figure things out, but you say like, Oh, I didn't go to like a good school. I didn't work at a big company, but all of a sudden, you know, I'm crypto native. So I have a big leg ahead of everyone. That's why like you should buy my token. That doesn't make sense. Um, yeah.
1: So a lot of yeah I,
0: th- I, I think I want to e- Yeah. I want yeah. to echo what, what you just said. I think that is, also, one of the reasons why, if we look for silver lining in bear markets, um, like I think John also mentioned this, and and you know great projects are built in bear market because uh, exactly like what we, like like you said, you know uh, there are obviously a lot of bad actors or immature kind of build um, startups in in the um, in the space and. When the condition, you know, when the market conditions um, go bad, and it's basically like like you're having a fever, right? So you kind of basically killed all the bad actors and and also the speculators and and people who just want to get in the industry to to get some quick money, and so the but the real builders and people who continue to build like the projects that uh, still apply for accelerator and. F- you know, still fighting, still building, and still trying to make a difference. And and those projects will hopefully um, they would still survive the winter. So I would actually uh, I I know that a lot of people in the audience are probably exactly um, the people that we just described builders and uh, people who are who are still stand in the industry no matter what and. So I think for for those projects, and I know that a lot of you, like basically all of you here are zero entrepreneurs and very and experienced in building and running companies. So um, any, I would like to ask you, all of you to share some of your advice as, as how to basically survive um, this crypto winter and how long do you think it will last? Obviously we don't have a crystal ball, but uh, so, right now we're looking ahead in 2023 so what what is the outlook for you and any advice for the builders in the industry okay let's start from john
1: yeah uh, there's a there's a lot in that question so um so my, my advice on how to survive i mentioned it earlier one manage your cash flow um you're gonna have to make some really hard decisions about um, really where to invest the capital that you have to uh, you know, give you as long as a runway as you need. Um, so obviously your biggest cost usually is, is your team, right? So you're going to need to make sure that you've got the right people alongside you that are, you know, hungry, understand the environment that we're in and, you know, are, are, are committed. So I think, you know, hiring is always important. That's what makes or breaks your, your success, right? Just a really great team of people around you. Um I think too that you know, there's no doubt that um, the sort of market where you can just drop some NFTs or launch a token just to get free capital has has changed. Um, you know, raising raising money is a is a serious business, and I think you're seeing a big shift now from um, VCs as a result of the market to you know longer and much much more lengthier due diligence. You're seeing a change into sort of equity safe rounds versus SAFT. So general rule of devices is to start fundraising when you've got um, sort of six months runway. Um, You know, a couple of startups have come to me with two, three months. That's very, very uncomfortable amount of time in this market to start fundraising, particularly this time of year. So, yeah, make sure that you're hitting the fundraising trail with, you know, no no less than sort of six months in, in, in the tank. And I think three, the other piece of advice in this market is just focus on revenues, right? Actually focus on real user growth and revenues because that's what will help you raise, right? Um, I think community is super important um, as, a, as a sort of key indicator that VCs will t- can continue to look at. But I kind of feel that Web3 investing is going to look more and more like Web2 investing, which is ultimately if you can if you can fast track um your, your, your company to profitability and sustainability that is going to have much higher value um, in this economy um, than perhaps before. it was you know a bit like the early days of Web 2 and you know let's, let's use Uber as an example, just go and get market share, raise capital, big valuations. It doesn't really matter if you're profitable. I think that that type of business model is gone. Um, as for how long this is going to last, I, I don't have a clue. Um, luckily, <laughs> have some very strong investors behind me that have got some various opinions on that. Um, I, I don't spend time thinking about how long it's going to last. I just obsess over um, yeah, just building right now. So I hope that helps everyone listening.
0: Thank you, John. Yeah, I think manage your cash flow um, is definitely super important. And as some of you might, uh, might have read and also like um, Audubon Network, we also... Um, I, I doing what we can to survive this winter. And um, so we are having a bit of reconstructing as well. So uh, getting ready for Octopus 2.0. So exactly like what John has said, you know, we we kind of manage our resources very carefully and just trying to make sure that uh, we survive this winter and we continue to build and use the money um, in places that, that that definitely like really increase the efficiency and everything. But I think I have this question. Um, I think very interesting that, John, you just mentioned that um, raising funds is a little bit like Web2, right? So the VCs um, or the investors, they're probably looking at all these indicators um, to to, to gauge your profitability. But you know that for a lot of Web3 projects, adoption and application are still Pretty early. And so how do you kind of, um, I would like to also um, throw this question out there for, uh, for not only John, but Pandu and Alvin as well, uh, and Marie. Um So how do you think like Web3 projects could really balance it up, since a lot of them are still like kind of have quite some distance away from um, seeing mass adoption? and having to, to really make money and profit out there.
2: Yeah, Vivi, maybe I can can share a couple of words on that. Great, thank you. Yeah, so actually I also um, think and talk from the entrepreneur perspective I've been uh, during some, some, some building companies for the last 15 years and, and most of the time what you realize is that uh, especially in Web3 actually a lot of companies they try to to do and be everything and uh, we, we understand that to run a successful business uh, focus is super important and because you cannot be good at everything especially when you're a startup especially when you're starting something so um, focusing on something and trying to be good at it uh, will eventually uh, lead you somewhere and uh, drive you to the path on uh, first uh, user growth, then eventually more revenue and, and certainly uh, more profit-driven uh, business. So that's, that's my take when it comes to building a more uh, sustainable and long-term and profitable business for most of the Web3 company. Thank you,
0: Alvin. How about you, Pandu? What's your take on this? You're running three different um, Web three mm-hmm. projects, and and with real use cases and everything. So, um, and obviously, monetization has been mm-hmm. a challenge. and And would you like to share um, what what you guys are doing um, to cope with with this um, this bearish market condition and right. your strategy? Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um. I. I just. I just want to know. There's a. There's a wider user base out there than just crypto. And uh, I think my my fellow panelists have uh, have have mentioned probably the same thing. Um. We, during the during the bull market, we obviously get a lot of users from from from, um, the crypto Dgens, the crypto users. Um. But but that is actually just a small subset, a small percentage of like the entire world. Um. When when we're like I I really envy what what John has has, has created um, and uh, in the in the gaming space, we'd like to do the same and copy the same um, kinds of trends uh, in in our space, which is uh, more social and also from from the debayo perspective, the dramatic side. Um, we are uh, uh, currently at forty thousand users for Myriad, which is not big for mainstream social media. Obviously, it's not big. Uh, it is for 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 crypto social media. It might look kind of larger than than many other platforms, but uh, honestly, it's it's really it's a drop in the bucket, drop in the ocean, compared to what Facebook has, for example. And um, we realize why uh, there's a lot of barriers of people actually coming into crypto. To be honest, like a lot a lot of a lot of us here are legends. A lot of us here have like multiple wallets, and probably can spin up like three wallets with your eyes closed, right? Um, but that's not the case uh, for everyone else. It's not the case for everyone else who's not in crypto, not in NEAR, not in Octopus. Uh, a, a lot of possible users out there, uh, when 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 we try to create, like, hey, please create a wallet to log in, they say, my wallet? Do you want my money? That's That's, that's always been the case. And that's suspicion. It's just like a a lack of trust, right? And uh, the thing is, we are a trustless system. We're used to trustless systems, but we need to realize that the normies, the mainstream people, like the the, the people out there, don't quite think something's trustless if it's just a wallet. So uh, the way we're sort of like trying to build this, and, and Dibayo and Mira, and I can share this, you can use the app also. Uh, is to make it as simple and seamless as possible. For example, for Debiu, obviously, you have like the, the, the old way of creating wallet, like the ancient way of creating wallets. Basically, write down your passphrase on a piece of paper, uh, without any extensions required. We even sidestep the js extension, so we can actually uh, do so in a semi-custodial manner. Um, uh, on a website, so similar to like uh, Near's way of creating a wallet. We actually have that live on bio. That's actually one of the first I'm pretty certain because it, we created it like uh, one and a half years ago. The first in the Polkadot ecosystem, I should say. Um, for Myriad, we actually allow email logins and uh, you, can, you can basically log in with your email, um, put, in, put in your email and then like get a magic link and that magic link allows you to control an account. Now, uh, it is not actually connected to the email, as in, as in, uh, like, uh, it's just a magic link that you click once. Uh, there is no requirement for password. You're just in. It makes it super simple to, to, for, for people to basically create an account. But obviously, it is lower tier in terms of its security. Um, so uh, that uh, means that if you want to receive tips, if you want to send tips, obviously, if you want to receive later NFTs, you will need to have an actual wallet. Okay, but like we allow them to do it. Like at least they can already interact. You can post comments. Uh, they can post. They can import posts from Twitter. That is already. Uh, 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 yeah, that's that's actually something that 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 Myriad does. Reality Chain allows full anonymous logins uh, without wallets. Uh, with uh, again lesser like a uh, demand on like the trust uh, part of things. So. What 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 I think, and this is this is uh, I think this is not just my philosophy. I think uh, I've actually heard about it in NearCon. Uh, there are several people actually speaking about this. That tiered onboarding is the is basically the the immediate future of crypto. Tiered onboarding, as in first you onboard them with Web2 ways or with uh, anonymous ways, so that you don't have to have your own wallets. Uh, but then you provide incentives for people to create a wallet. If you don't have the incentives for people to create a wallet, you're just pushing them to create something that they don't want to create, especially if you're a normie. But if you say, hey, uh, you have gotten tips from uh, this, this person and this person and this person, or for example, you have already gotten like a, 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 a token reward, for example, from this uh, from so-and-so project, for example. Um Then you would want to create like the normies would want to create their wallets because there's incentives for it. So tiered onboarding and incentivized uh, wallet upgrades, um, that's that's actually, I think uh, is a, is a practical way to do it. And I, I, I hope a lot of apps out there start using it because otherwise you, you know what, like big tech and uh, the the onboarding methodologies, they have it down to an art we need to like defeat them in your own game in terms of onboarding users so we do need to have that a few things redesigned in my opinion yeah
0: yeah thank you pendu i i I definitely agree with you that um i think that that's been like really one of the key issues uh facing the crypto builders and uh, what web3 builders and we need to know that there's a a big audience out there like you said right not only just a crypto audience and and then how to onboard those users and and user experience is key and how to establish this this trust and so i think wallet for web 3 is is a little bit similar like email for web 2 right so like you really need to have that to go into all the different doors and metaverse and everything but how to make it in how to make it easier and and um and just for people to trust it, and it's definitely a, something that we need to we need to work on. Um, okay, so I think we I would like to just just throw the last question out there, and then we open the floor uh, for Q and A's. And I've I've seen um, there's some people raising their hands and probably would like to uh, to join our conversation. So how about um, I'd like to ask you to share. What is your outlook for 2023? I know that like, we touch upon that question when I'm not gonna ask you to predict the the, the markets again, but um, what do you see would be the, for example, like the things that you, you most anticipate, like you look forward to in 2023? It could be anything, it could be things that you're working on, it could be something happening in the big industry, um, just anything. Um, let's start from John.
1: Uh, for, for me, uh, finally in 2023 for gaming actually having some real use cases and examples and, and, and metrics that we can optimize to f- beyond just uh like nft sales for blockchain gaming um uh, i saw him in the audience earlier there was like ben Ass from from block games um it's just one example of that so I, i'm really excited this year that hopefully by the end of the year that all the games we're going to be hearing about. Um, are going to show us sort of the path forward, both in terms of game design, like real tokenomics for like blockchain games. Um, so, me as a as a gamer, that's what I'm I'm most excited about.
0: Super, thank you, John. And uh, like just a quick follow up, what is like if we say game fine or a blockchain game 2.0, zero? What is it like for you?
1: So. Like for me, I just want to, I was, I was speaking at a sort of near Singapore event. I just want to separate these two terms because they're not actually the same. There's GameFi, which mm. I said is is more like, it's basically a gamified DeFi. And there's some amazing, amazing examples of this on there versus, you know, blockchain games, like for me, making like a proper game. Um, it doesn't have to be mobile, but I think, I think everyone kind of agrees that mobile gaming is the key to mass adoption here, um, so I I I think that that's super important, and I think there's room for both of those. It's not like one is better than the other. They just have different uh, audience motivations. Um, I totally forgot what your question was, Vivi. Sorry, I just wanted to clarify <laughs> that point. Two two points.
0: <laughs> I I think that is a really good clarification. Um, like I I'm 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 glad that you clarified that. And blockchain games and game find they're actually quite different, right? A lot of people mix them together, but thank you for clarifying it. So what is like Blockchain
1: Games 2.0 for you. Oh, got it. Okay, cool. So so Blockchain Games sort of 2.0, um, one, like mobile games on your phone, in the app stores that you can play and purchase NFTs, right? I think we, we, we're pretty much there. Um, I think two, a bit of work to do, but this concept of uh, interoperability. So let's just keep it really simple. Um, that should mean the ability then to... Take your your game assets and move them into another game, right? I think the easiest use case of is going to be from a developer or publisher with multiple games. I think tech wise, that's the easiest use case. Um, I think what will then come um, is. I don't think it's going to come from the big publishers because actually there's a conflict for them in terms of web three. So what I mean by that is this idea of decentralization, well, they actually don't want that, right? They want to keep the use of NFTs and game assets within their own games. They don't want you taking them and monetizing those with another publisher. Right. Um, But I think in terms of indie developers that web three is, is perfect for. um, I think that's where we might see some examples towards the end of the year that actually, you know, this this idea of interoperability—we've actually got some use case use cases of what that looks like, rather than just yeah a, a pure buzzword. So I think those are the a, a couple of things that uh, I, I think 2.0 um, for blockchain gaming will look like.
0: Interesting. Um, well, maybe next time I'll I'll we'll have another discussion on on that. I think that is like like you said, you know, the the big gaming studios versus indie. Uh, indie gamers is like reminds me of like david versus the liar but um but i could be wrong <laughs> um okay thank you thank you john um alban what do you think what is um
2: your outlook for 2023 i think that uh, despite all the macro third and sometimes negative news that has been eating uh, the industry last year i see on the micro level uh at least on the regional level, some super, super uh, optimistic things. So for example, I was just um, coming back from Middle East and I was really shocked by how uh, in this part of the world, the local initiatives coming from the government, you know, to support Web3 with um, with the idea of having uh, setting up a real economical and almost political strategy, you know, to to use Web3 as a new competitive advantage uh, to compete, uh, I think was very fascinating. And so this is is very um, amazing to see that actually. Um, um, despite everything we hear, there is a lot of, of of good things happening then on um on another layers, I see more application. We just mentioned how to 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 foster mass adoption. for example, uh, digital identity to me is, is very interesting topic because you were mentioning that uh, before if you want to enter social media you will need an email. And uh, with digital identity, you basically, could be an entry door also for most of users to 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 force to, to, to adapt and to adopt uh, Web3 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 tools. Um, I think um, green Web3 is also a very interesting topic. Uh, I know near is part of kind of part of us tonight, and I know that they have this, of course, uh, scalability, safety. Um, And also speed, but also sustainability layer, which I think is quite cool. And we start to see more application uh, also around Web3 for this field. And uh, finally, because also, for example, Pandu mentioned about how we can keep more decentralization, I still believe that eventually, if it's well done, the DAO, the DAO system, uh, not just only as a model of governments, but uh, we see it also being more and more used for uh, investment vehicle can also be... uh, very interesting. And uh, and the last, uh, I also see a lot of good things for us. We are keep <laughs> expanding geographically. Uh, we are keep launching new products and services. So I think it would be a very uh, exciting year for us and prepare for the next uh, the next cycle. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Alvin. That is quite a nice picture that you've, um, you've described. Um, Pendu Yes. Um, all right. Uh,
3: your uh, mm-hmm. gonna, hello hello uh yeah I'm gonna divide this up to two things uh my personal projects and my hope for the future of like uh, the entire ecosystem um personal projects the bio Myriad uh Realty, we have a we have a good runway um and uh basically we have uh, a lot of things within the calendar for, uh, within 2023 um Myriad uh is setting up uh, the federation, um, in like, as 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 I probably mentioned like five times in this in this in this in this Twitter space, um, we we are federation based, so you can actually build your own servers. So we're setting up uh, some of those servers uh, in communities here in the U.S. Um, so we will have Myriad in Michigan, we will have a Myriad in Miami, and those will be servers uh, that are separated, um, not really Web three, but using Web three staking to actually spin up their servers. So we're excited about that. We're going to do regular events, uh, little myriad meetups uh, in, in both of those cities, plus Jakarta probably, because uh, I'm in Jakarta. Um, and uh, we're gonna continue that all throughout 2023. Um, there has been a lot of uh, uh, attention from the wider Substrate Ecosystem as well. Um, it's, uh, it's been very exciting. And um, for, we were also listed in several new wallets as well. Um, yeah, you you can see all that in our our Twitter, Mirat um, social, um, and uh, for DiBio, uh, we uh, are uh, creating the data marketplace in the early like the first half of the year. Uh, like we're creating like the basis of it. Like there there were some technical challenges. We are going to update that to the community as well. But uh, that data marketplace would be uh, something that has a different model, a different uh, way of doing it. I can't reveal too much at this point, but we're also very excited about that. And uh, we will continue onboarding uh, um, labs and uh, um, genetic analysts. So currently, uh, service providers on eBio are genetic analysts and labs. So these labs are smaller labs that have the same model of 23andMe uh but are small diy labs or they can also be uh regular people individuals who have the skills to genetically analyze uh, uh, genetic data usually usually uh something like like if you already have uh been sequenced by 23andme for example you will get a file that you can basically resend to us and we can do another round of tests uh, another round of analysis and give you another report that might be more in-depth Um, We've gotten, and you can do that and you can do so anonymously. Of course, it's your job to sort of like remove your KYC from your 23andMe data. Um, But yeah, once you once you do that, you can actually pay with tokens and receive it back, and then just use that uh, like uh, you know uh, report uh, as a reference. So that that is that is already live. That's actually been live since like uh, around middle of this year. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to continue developing that and onboarding more, uh, more users um, and, and also more uh, service providers. Um, reality Chain, which is not uh, Octopus, but it is, it is uh, uh, my project as well, will, uh, uh, it's a metaverse as a service, as mentioned, so we're uh, setting up, like, there, we're, we've already launched one metaverse for Myriad itself, and uh, we're going to be launching metaverses for Unique One, for Paras, and for another project, I can't reveal yet, but that's also going to be at the beginning of the year. So also very exciting stuff at Reality King. Um So uh, obviously we have a full calendar in 2023. Um, I have my own hopes for the uh, entire ecosystem, actually. Um, and 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 I think my hope would be that users uh, from like the like like every single cycle we have ever had um, has always been uh, like. All about hype and not about use. And uh, hype is good. Um, like I mean, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for hype. But um, like, obviously, like a lot of us are. Uh, I'm actually here for the technology. And uh, but I mean, this 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 has been sort of stale, like uh, lame even. Like people people keep saying uh, saying I'm here for the tech. But I am actually here for the tech. My background is tech. I used to work for, I left a cushy job at a Fortune 500 company just to go here uh, in 2017. Um, I left that because I believe in in in, in the tech. So I'm expecting uh, mm. that, that, that people will come into this space not because of hype, but because they want to use the applications. Because the apps are fun, because the games are fun, because uh, the social media is decentralized and you can host your own because they don't trust the centralized structures of 23 Me and like uh, other, um, because, because they don't want their genetic data to be sold by, by other people. Sovereignty, um, I'm, I'm expecting that to actually happen, like in, 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 in large form, because like when people uh, start, uh, like when people lose trust in the centralized structures that control us, that's when they trust trustless systems. And uh, of course, I'm not saying that centralized exchanges uh, are, 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 are like it has centralized in the in name, but like that is also a gateway for them to come in. And realistically, that's something that that is at least uh, as long as it's audited properly, as long as there's proof of reserves, as long as other uh, proofs exist. Uh, that is actually something that is uh, a doorway, a gateway for, for these for these normies or mainstream people to come into our space. And I, I am expecting them to come en masse. I'm, I'm hoping for them. I'm hoping for the next narrative to be not hype, not oh let's get money out of crypto, but like the next narrative of the next bull mar- of the of the bull run would be hey there's a lot of cool apps here, and uh, and people would come in from there. It might be a pipe dream. It might be early to say that uh, this. It might need a few cycles. But mm. uh, we're we're in IT. Sh- we shouldn't be in IT because of the hype. We shouldn't be in crypto because of the hype. We should be in crypto because of the hype. And uh, it solves one thing, which is the problem of trust. And uh, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, um, governance structures. Oh, uh, I, 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 really want to have another conversation with you, Alvin, and also with you, John, um, because uh, I, 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 agree with, uh, uh, with. The, the the trend of DAO tooling the trend of like uh, that's not just a trend that's 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 actually trying to solve something that that is that is a lot bigger than than, than ourselves because it solves it tries to solve is it is it uh, a lot of DAOs just 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 make it one token one vote and just like uh, go home and 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 uh, that also causes problems this is actually a lot deeper than just you know uh, it, it is it is a lot deeper because governance is the next structure of trust. So uh, building something on top of a trustless system allows that trust to be trustless, which allows governance to be made with sovereignty of each user. Um, I have ranted again. My apologies. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, I'm, I'm going to stop now. But like, uh, yeah, thank you for that.
0: Thank you, Pandu. Um, no, I think that is a, a, a lot of good insights out there. And, mm-hmm. um, well, I think speculation will always be part of human nature, but I totally agree with you. As builders um, mm-hmm. in the industry, we definitely need to focus more on innovation and real use cases. And um, I think as long as we have people like you and John and Alvin, worry and a lot of people in the in the audience, and and as long as we keep, building and focusing on um, really making things happen, making, like like you said, making the games more interesting, making user experience much better. And so, you know, like we can attract real users instead of just like people coming in to buy and sell tokens. And that is really the hope um, for for the space going forward. Thank you, Pandu. Um, Okay, so Wuri, what is your outlook for 2023?
4: Oh, um, well, you know, it's end of the year and uh, I just wish that all of the entrepreneurs out there building on Web3 will have, you know, best of luck and, uh, you know, just uh, keep fighting, um, keep, you know, be a survivor and then, and then build something useful, please, um, so that people like us who are, you know, here to support uh we'll see appreciation of our of our own tokens so i'm an octopus uh network validator uh delegator so um i do get a lot of uh uh, tokens for staking my octopus tokens
1: i I get a lot of uh,
4: chain tokens for staking my octopus tokens so if you guys build something useful you know someone builds something useful there's a killer application for web3 everyone benefits so I uh, just want to say best of luck to everyone and uh, really wish that we'll see uh, more useful uh, Web3 applications in 2023.
0: Thank you, Wuri. That's true. Um, I'm sure uh, like many of you or probably all of you are investors and holders of certain tokens out there but but what that represents is Um, we believe in those projects and believe in the real values that um, those projects and and those tokens represent. So, um, as builders ourselves, and we also hope, um, I also wish out of you to really create and make more values in the things you do. Um, okay, so um, right now, um, I, I know that this has been going on for a while, but it, all the guests, you guys are, are just superstars, and that's been so interesting. Um, so if any of you um, would like to we were going to leave five or ten minutes um, for Q&A, so if you have any questions, and feel free to just raise your hand um, and let us know, and we'll invite you um, to the panel. Okay, Michael. founder and CEO of Crunch Network. Hi, Michael. do you do you have any questions or you want anything to um, to share? I think Michael is joining. Connecting right now. Hello, Michael. Can you hear us?
4: All right, I can hear you. Thank you so much for adding me up on you know the stage to actually speak. Thank you. Uh, I just had like one question I actually wanted to ask. And first things I would like to appreciate all of the speakers here.